Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Celebrate the Chicago Reader. Join us to see the Reader come to life at our second annual Ungala, Wednesday, October 18th, at the stunning Epiphany Center for the Arts. We'll have reader-approved entertainment, including Grammy Award-winning Peter Cottontail and the local rockers, the Trenchies. There'll be DJs, live art, and other performances. More details are at chicagoreader.com slash ungala. That's chicagoreader.com slash ungala. Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, October 18th begins right now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back weekly columnist on the Ben Jarofsky show and longtime journalist, Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky show is a presentation of the Chicago reader, chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. You want to know where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what's happening in the news. All that information can be found simply by visiting chicagoreader.com. And if you want even more Ben Jarofsky, just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. I'll spell that for you. J-O-R-A-V is in victory. S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this the return of Lincoln Yards Wednesday. And here's why. Before I get to that, let me tell you this. I told you this yesterday. I'm going to tell you this again. I want to do some good promotion for the show. Really proud of this particular first Tuesday we're going to have. So let me just get that promotion out of the way. Uh, that will be the first Tuesday of November, November 7th at 7 p.m. And uh, it'll be about Asian American political power in the city of Chicago. Maya and I will welcome uh, Alderwoman Nicole Lee and Alderwoman Lenny Monahopinworth to Maria's. 960 West 31st Street. That's 960 West 31st Street, 7 p.m., November 7th. I don't want to hear any complaining, Northsiders. Okay? I'm going to say this every every week. I don't want to hear the complaints. It's so far. I'm a Northsider. Come on out to Maria's. We have a good time talking politics, politics, politics. All right. I called it to the return of uh, Lincoln Yards because Lincoln Yards has returned. I was all set to begin the show with a recitation about free speech. We'll get to free speech, Monroe Anderson. We get, well, we get a lot of talk about free speech today. And then I saw this article uh, in Block Club. A shout out to Block Club. Uh, and Jake Wittich, I believe, is the author's name. A shout out, Jake Wittich. Uh, you're a young reporter. Anyway, it was about a community meeting. Oh, God, I've been to so many meetings like this. Uh, in my career as a writer covering neighborhood news in Chicago, a community meeting somewhere on the north side of Chicago, where they were talking about the future of Lincoln Yards and the developer of Lincoln Yards, Sterling Bay, had, uh, has a plans for, I think it's two towers of apartments, uh, some sch- schematic drawings that they presented. Um, 
that essentially, as uh, all schematic drawings and presentations uh, like this are <laughs> are unveiled in such a way as to convince the public that nothing could be better. Nothing could be better for the community than this particular project, okay? <laughs> these are actually salesmen, okay, Chicagoans? And then you always get these uh, Chicago residents. There's this guys in Chicago are classic characters who somehow or other, they're just ordinary citizens, you know? Like, I don't know, it could be a teacher, it could be a lawyer, it could be a doctor, it could be any, it could be a truck driver. Anyway, but somehow or other in their life, they like took a class in architecture or something. So all of a sudden they're experts. Oh, I could tell by the design of this blueprint. They're reading the blueprints. They're reading the plans. Oh, this is excellent. <laughs> or they'll have a complaint. Chicagoans, you were kind of funny uh, individual. I, you know, I love you, Chicagoans. Uh, anyway, uh, so, of course, uh, Lincoln Yards is, uh, as I know, diehard listeners of this show uh, are well aware was the last official act of the Rahm administration, Mayor Rahm, who's heading out the door. Get, get the hell out of town. Eight years in Chicago was more than enough for Rahm Emanuel. Uh, hasn't been back since, except I guess to pick up his mail while from time to time. Uh, got the city council and in its infinite uh, idiocy uh, to approve a $1.3 billion, that's a B, billion with a B, a TIF handout to Sterling Bay, uh, to build some project called Lincoln Yards in the banks of Chicago River in an area that's already gentrifying. Now, uh, I was against that. And I, like most battles, it's me versus Rom and the planners in the city of Chicago, I'm on the losing end. I admit that. I am always calling for property tax dollars to be spent in areas that most need them, uh, poor areas, areas that are starving for development. And generally, uh, Rahm and his cronies are, are arguing that the property tax investments should go in rich areas that are already gentrifying and don't need it. And guess who loses? <laughs> I lose because the city of Chicago in its infinite wisdom thinks it's a good idea to foster development in areas that don't need the fostering and ignore areas that do need the fostering and then they're shocked when there's a reaction against let's say i don't know spending money to help settle venezuelan refugees in chicago from people in areas that have consistently overlooked year after year after year i've watched the city of chicago and its leaders going back to mayor richard m daly mayor rom mayor lightfoot it's still up in the air where uh, Mayor Johnson's going with this. Give money to wealthy neighborhoods and overlook core neighbors. Anyway, they're having a lot of trouble with Lincoln Yards. Uh, they can't um, get the funding they need. I don't know. It's falling apart. There's a cranes. There's a couple good stories about it. They're not set to go. Uh, and so what they're doing, according to Michelle Smith, shout out to Michelle Smith, the old, former alderwoman of the 43rd Ward, not uh, currently in the city council. She decided not to run for re-election. She used to be Monroe Anderson's alderwoman, uh, for that matter. Uh, what they're doing, according to Michelle Smith, and she said this at the meeting, is trying to uh, promote attention, using these powers to bring attention to Lincoln Yards in the hope that they'll get other uh, investors to kick in because they've lost their original investors uh and she says not one nickel should go uh no approval should go until they renegotiate their original gift deal i almost wanted to applaud michelle smith i 
uh, got to give you credit for taking the stand that you did. I wish I, you had been more of an ally to me in my uh, battles against TIFFs in the, what was it? I forget how many years you were older woman, eight, 12. I apologize. I can't remember the exact years, but the point is better late than never taking a stand as a private citizen. Uh, she made it clear. You should not uh, okay these towers or give them the zoning they need to build until we renegotiate the TIF agreement, which shouldn't have been given to them in the first place. It was only those last meeting of the Mayor Rahm administration. And I believe Anthony Beal voted for it. I believe Anthony Napolitano voted for it. I believe that Alderman Raylo, Raymond Lopez voted for it. Isn't that interesting? All these guys who suddenly are big believers in what? Uh, council independence uh, and uh, spending money wisely in communities that need it that now that it's Mayor Johnson. We're just rubber stamps for Mayor Rahm when it came to Lincoln Yards. Uh, but yeah, no, it uh, shout out to Michelle Smith. If only our older people can have these insights and vision when they're older people, as opposed to when they're private citizens, what a better world it would be, huh, ladies and gentlemen? You know, and the funny thing is they're debating like, oh, tall should the building be uh, will it cast shadows on my garden this is a typical chicago conversation when it comes to construction how much traffic will it be will i be able to walk down the street i understand chicago i understand it's everything's local these are the most pressing needs of the local people but no one ever says like if it's a tiff funded deal how will this impact my property taxes because of course the official line in the city of chicago that everyone subscribes to is that tiffs are not tax hikes even of course even though, of course, they are. So nobody ever said when it came to Lincoln Yards, how will this impact the Board of Education? Will they get money they need to keep higher nurses? <laughs> will they be struggling for money because they're not going to get tax dollars uh, out of this community? Nobody said that. Nobody asked that question because people pretend that one doesn't exist. It's like, it's good for Chicago. So vote for it. And I'm the mayor. And I was like, okay, I'm an alderman. I'll vote for it. So anyway, they'll just, they'll have they'll talk forever about whether the tower that's built with the taxpayers' dollars will block someone's light, the light that comes into their garden. They'll talk about that for hours, but they'll never talk about the impact it has on the taxpayers or the taxing bodies like the schools and the police, et cetera, and so forth. All right. Thank you, Michelle Smith, for taking a stand. Monroe Anderson, welcome back. Of course, Lincoln Yards is in your backyards, and I know you are a big proponent of it. Because in your mind, it's only going to increase the value of your property. Am I correct on that? No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> threw that out there. I knew I was wrong in that one. <laughs> the, the, the problem is what you just mentioned. Traffic is already horrible in my neighborhood. My side, I live on a side street, and there are traffic, traffic jams. It looks like it looks like I can tell when it's rush hour because there are a dozen uh, cars or more passing yeah. through, uh, and it's only going to get worse when they develop. Yeah, uh, no, I I remember. Um, oh my goodness, I've picked Monroe up to go to various things uh, uh, down through the years, and I remember when we drove to. Um, uh, Richard Steele's last radio show. You remember at the barbershop and it was on yeah. the West side and I right. picked you up and I just said, Monroe, would you drive? Cause I can't deal with it. I don't know if you remember that you drove. I literally, it was my yeah, car, but I got in the passenger seat. Yeah. But so I thought you had just, um, just, just, just traded in your beginners. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's still a little nervous. I was still a little, I was like, 
this traffic in your neighborhood is crazy. I can't deal with this. And you right. go, calm down, calm down. Let me right. handle it. And you right. got behind the wheel, and I sat in the passenger seat. But you're right, right man. There were trucks. There were backups and lights. And then people get really, like, freaked out in their car. They want to get – they want to make the light so they'll turn even though the lights turn red. And there's, like, a pedestrian in the middle going, way, what? I, I, I have a, a, a friend who lives further north who says that um, my part of town is the land of aren't I special. <laughs> it is. Oh, Every, my God. Everybody it, thinks they're special there. So oh. they, they, they should be get first at the front of the line and be able to run the stoplights and whatever else they want to do. So true. And everyone thinks you're so smart, which gets back to what I'm saying. If you go to it, I've covered a lot of Lincoln park uh, community meeting. Everybody is so smart. Everybody's like, well, I read this book. I looked at those studies and let me tell you. <laughs> you're not that smart Lincoln park. Okay. Just saying you're not that smart. All right. <laughs> you think you're smart. Yeah, that's by the way. But anyway, what I I've been to these meetings you're talking about. I haven't yeah. been lately, but early on I was at some of them, and we were trying to get a park on some of that valuable land these people were doing, and they 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 kept going. <laughs> No man, you're like that's and, what they do. And <laughs> and, and the uh, late Ed Euler. The, the architect of, yeah. of Millennial Park lived uh, one street over from me, yeah. and so I, I suggested he was—he had passed, died by that time—that that not only did they build a park, but they name it Ed Euler Park, mm-hmm. and um, and um, it went nowhere. Yeah, of course, <laughs> no park, no Ed Euler Park, no park. Period. I, I would say that uh, the most patronizing, condescending meeting I ever saw this kind of was actually not in Lincoln Park, but in Hyde Park. And it was a TIF deal. I went to so many TIF-funded uh, project presentations. Tony Preckwinkle was the alderman of the Fourth Ward. Uh, and uh, the developer got up and goes, oh, my goodness, I'm just this bring back memories. It was a long time ago, so I'm doing this from memory. But he goes, I want to include everyone's idea and our vision of what our project will be. Uh, and so let's dream today. Let's dream about what we would have built here. What do you, what would you like here? And I'm sort of God, I thought the high park people were really sophisticated and understanding all of a sudden they look Monroe. They're like the, the most clueless dopes in the world. Like, Oh, I would like to have, I don't know, a roller skating ring or something. And he goes, okay. And he would write it down on the blackboard they had or the, no, they had the paper that flips over, you know, remember the paper yeah, that flips over yeah. and, the, and he, they had, whoever wrote it down a really nice flowery handwriting. I'm like, man, they're not going to put any of this stuff in there. Okay. Yeah. Remember Leon Dupree defined Hyde um, Park as the place where black middle class or white middle class uh, band together to keep the poor blacks out. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to laugh at Chicago history, ladies and gentlemen. That's your history. Chicago. Who? Leon who? Never heard of him. I'm a clueless Chicagoan. 
All right. Um, we have to pray, ladies and gentlemen. One of the four, in my opinion, uh, faces on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago politics. Greatest political independent the city council has ever seen, in my humble opinion. I think Monroe agrees with me on that. And the four on Mount Rushmore would be uh, you got to go with Harold. You got to go with Leanne Dupre. You got to go with uh, Karen Lewis. And I always put Ralph Metcalf on there. Ralph Metcalf took a stand against Mayor Daly in 1975 on police brutality. Monroe. Police brutality in 1975. And uh, man, then so Daly ran some clown against him and Metcalf mopped the floor. That's my four. You agree with that four on Mount Rushmore of heroes in Chicago politics? Yeah, it, it was Irwin France they ran against. Yeah, you remember. Wow. Oh, <laughs> God, what a memory you got. You remembered Irwin France. Yeah, you would not put Irwin France on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago political heroes, I, would you? I, I would put Irwin on there for. Uh, one of the the, the, the great um, schemers. Yeah. <laughs> he knew how to work the system. Oh, did he ever. Give him credit for that. If we're going to have a Mount Rusher or political wheeler dealers, Erwin France would be on that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Little uh, schemer wheeler and dealers. Because, uh, uh, you know, Erwin er, worked with Mayor Sawyer. He walked Mayor Sawyer through all this stuff. And he was getting $200,000. For being a a, a um, some sort of political consultant, yeah, from the city. Yeah, no, man, he was making it. I w- I'm writing down my list of Wheeler dealers. Yeah. I would Erwin uh, France, Luis Gutierrez. I mean, think about it. Louis played Harold. <laughs> he used Harold to get elected alderman. Then he used Daly to get elected uh, congressman. You got to give him credit, man. That was uh, uh, that's pretty uh, clever. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, you got to put uh, Ed Burke on that thing, man. You know, that dude stayed in power for all these years. So freaking corrupt. We'll get to Ed Burke in a little while. Oh, no, let's get to him right now. It might as well, okay? Well, this will get us into the issue of free speech, uh, the war in the Mideast, and then eventually we'll get to uh, the speaker race. Uh, so Ed Burke, of course, there's... Uh, war raging uh in uh, the middle east we've been talking about it nonstop. israel bombing uh gaza please do not invade oh my lord it's frightening um and so ed burke was caught on tape fbi tape uh that danny solis uh, captured danny solis another former alderman i could put him on that wheeler dealer list too uh and um uh, making all kinds of hideous comments about jews uh, that showed uh, sort of a poison toxic uh, attitude he had uh, toward Jewish people. Uh, and uh, his lawyers are arguing that that testimony, or excuse me, uh, those clips from the uh, recordings that Danny Solis made should not be played in court, uh, particularly at this time, because it would be disturbing to anybody in the jury and or turn them against Ed Burke. Uh, and they would prejudice, be prejudiced against him. They would not be judging him on the merits of the case. They would be judging him on the merits of his hideous uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, so that's the argument they're making, and the judges uh, considering it. If you were Judge Monroe Anderson, would you allow those comments uh, to be aired in court, or would you buy Ed Burke's argument? Go. As as a black journalist. I would uh, uh, allow them with the condition that 
they also played all his uh, anti-black <laughs> comments. And and he was also uh, anti-gay. He was anti a lot of stuff except for money. Uh, I, think he, I think he did business with anybody who wanted to uh, pony up. Yeah. But, uh, when Harold Washington was mayor, he would walk through the press room with all the reporters as city hall reporters as his audience and make jokes about Harold being gay. And I mean, and they were vulgar. I can't remember the details, but they were, they were vulgar jokes mm-hmm. uh, about that. Yeah. And, um, and I had a, a, uh, one experience with him where the job being press secretary was so stressful that I would, I would, I would get this condition where one one side of my leg, on the right leg, would would get um, itchy and hot and swell, and it would go through my body. And one time, it went to my face, and so half my face was swollen. I looked like the elephant man mm-hmm. or half my face. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was stress related. And Burke, I, I ran into Burke. And he was trying to figure out what was wrong with me. He, he, he said, um, did I kiss too many little, little boys or something? What the hell was What? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, too many men. Anyway, it was a homosexual thing. And I said, uh, no. I said, if, if, if that was the cause, it would mean that I kissed too many women who kissed too many men. <laughs> you said that to Burke? Yeah, uh, man, this is back in the eighties, ladies and gentlemen. This is city hall banter back in the eighties, uh, and uh, wow! So this is the guy. Uh, yeah, if they had those tapes, I, right. you know, you want all of it played uh, for the judge. I personally think it should be played. Uh, yeah, I and, do. Uh, I, uh, I mean, you, you want to see he's calculating. He's what? What? What is? Uh, how sort of like evil he is and his calculations as he's trying to force uh, business people to hire his uh, law firm. Uh, yeah, let's just show this side of him. Uh, who knows, man? They're bending over backwards for him. Uh, Monroe. You know what? Isn't that something? Uh, it's just like Trump. They, they, when, you, when you got money to hire good lawyers, man, they everything. Well, when you're part of the power elite to begin with, I mean that's that's one of the main definers. Yeah, that those guys scratch each other's back all day long every day. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, that's the uh, the Ed Burke update. Uh, update. Anyway, it actually made its way to the city council last week, uh, where um, uh, the alderwoman from the uh, 14th ward uh, who replaced Ed Burke got up and chided Raylo Raymond Lopez, who's an old Burke ally. Uh, Raymond Lopez is. Uh, was leading the charge uh, on behalf of Deborah Silverstein's uh, resolution, uh, giving green light, uh, Israel green light essentially to do whatever it wanted in response to the hideous slaughter uh, that went down uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, so she threw that out uh, at, uh, at Raylo. Oh, well, uh, I don't see you speaking up against Ed Burke's uh, anti-Semitic comments. He got all upset and everything. So Ed Burke uh, may be out of the city council, but he has not forgotten. All right, uh, Monroe, uh, as uh, we speak, 
uh, Joe Biden in, is still in Israel, uh, and he went there to um, uh, show his support for the Israeli government. He sat down with uh, there was with the Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu, uh, and was uh, a blanket just without any um, quibbles or just said we support uh, Israel's right to. Uh, defend itself and we'll be uh, sending more money to Israel, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, your thoughts on Joe Biden going to Israel? Uh, well, as president of the United States, he was all but compelled to visit the 51st state. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it, Israel has such a hold on, uh, the power elite here that it's yeah it's it, you you can't escape it it's 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 amazing and and I'm not saying that that's uh shouldn't be and it definitely isn't surprising, but everything is out of order you know f- with the media if you if you look at the media i mean they they have all these stories about the horrors that um, Hamas committed, and they are terrorists, no question about that. But um, how many stories have you seen in the past about uh, the the Palestinians and living in an apartheid state and not not being able to go anywhere and do anything that um, Israel didn't permit them to go or do? You know, if 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 our media was as fair as it claimed to be, you would know both sides, as as um, Trump would put it. Yeah. <laughs> there 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 are good people on both sides, <laughs> for real. Yeah, as opposed to where, uh, when Trump was talking, he was talking about uh, yeah, Nazis marching through yeah, yeah uh, the streets of Virginia. Go go ahead, Monroe. <laughs> yeah, so you you know. I mean, as I see this now, it would be as if um, with them making all the Palestinians bad people, it'd be comparable to looking at all uh, white Americans in the United States uh, via MAGA and and saying, okay, everybody's MAGA in this country. Not, you know, it's... um, there's there's a little balance due. So, uh, so do you think it was just for purely political reasons that Joe Biden went to Israel? Do you think he had no, a lot? No, no. Joe, Joe Biden is he's 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 been a friend of Israel for forty years. I mean, he's been there more than any any other politician in this country, and he, he you know he's a he, he's 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 a friend there and. And there is nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be friends with Israel. I mean, they're the only truly, well, they're losing it now, but they've been the only truly democratic country, sort of small d, in, in, in that area. And since that's what we are, it's only natural that we have that friendship. But uh, for one thing, um, they're not as democratic as they used to be, and they're becoming less democratic with each passing month. And um, 
we we aren't being fair about this at all. We we need a little more balance in the coverage and the politics. Uh, so, do you think there's any larger benefit, even a possibility of a larger benefit, uh, to the world, to people in Gaza, to uh, uh, to people in Israel, uh, to Joe Biden's visit to Israel? Yeah, and I I think Biden went there to um, stop Israel from from the invasion, the land invasion, rolling through there with tanks and killing grandmothers and babies and any, any anything in between that just happened to be collateral damage and. I think, you know, just like we overreacted for 9-11, Israel's on the verge of doing that and at risk of the rest of the world seeing it as a land grab, not just revenge, which is bad enough, but as a land grab. Uh, so it, it, is, it's, it, it, would not, it is not a good deal, a, a good idea for them to do a full-blown invasion. And, and my, my prediction is that instead of doing that, they're gonna scale back and do strategic invasions. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll hit certain parts, but they aren't, they, they, they aren't gonna um, pull, pull a Putin on Gaza and just, um, just burn it to the ground. Mm -hmm. Which they right now they're in the process of doing, but I think w with Biden's visit, um, they're going to pull back. You know, because you have the president of the United States who who gives them more money than any other country, uh, and he 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 glad hands them and and talks about the good old days and their long relationship, and then says to them. I don't think this is a good idea for you go in there and kill all the people. Says that privately. He hasn't right. said that publicly. Right. Right. You talk no. about no. privately. He has not right. said that publicly. Well, he said it publicly, but in uh, a, 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 a politic way. You know, he, 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 he said, well, we got to be careful with the civilians. Yeah. Which means don't go in there and kill everybody. <laughs> I would hope, and this is me speaking, I don't speak, necessarily speak for Monroe. I would hope uh, that he is imploring uh, Netanyahu not to do the invasion that you're talking about. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. I've been saying this for a while now that the parallels between Israel's reaction and our United States reaction to 9-11 are striking and depressing. Um, and I realize that I'm asking a lot for uh, people uh, who've been attacked uh, to respond the way I would like them to, to respond, right. but I believe they should. So for instance, uh, in the case of the United States in 9-11, it is just so obvious 20 years later, if even if nobody will admit it except for some lefty talk show podcast host, Monroe, that the United States government, George Bush, completely, completely uh, overreacted 
uh, to uh, 9-11 uh, and launching two wars, dragging the war into the Iraq. Uh, so many people killed uh, on both sides. And our country was not better uh, because of the wars in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. We were not safer. Uh, if anything, our country's more divided and screwed up now than it was even in 2001 before uh, 9-11, which is kind of an amazing thing to say when I think about how right. my and attitude toward Bush was in 2001 of like August, if you recall, your attitude toward Bush. We were a pretty divided country back then as well. Right. And and you remember we were talking just a little earlier about the power elite and how they did different treatment. Uh Saudi Arabia, whose uh, bombers and, and hijackers, uh, skyjackers, uh, were responsible for much of 9 11, um, got a wink and a nigh. In the meantime, we went into Iraq, which had almost nothing to, nothing do, to, do, with nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and and if you said something like that at the time, you were deemed uh, unpatriotic. You were written off. You were just right. scoffed at. You were marginalized. Right. You were mocked. Uh, and um, I remember Michael Moore, when he got his Oscar uh, and he made an anti-war uh, speech, a declaration of the United States to show restraint, uh, he was booed by the, the Hollywood crowd. Right. Uh, you know, so... Uh, you mean the Hollywood liberals? Yeah, the Hollywood <laughs> Hollywood liberals. <laughs> the liberals in Hollywood booed them. Uh, Lord, what a crazy world! And so now here's Israel. It's uh, you know, once once the the they had successfully uh, stopped the slaughter of October seventh, when I think it was the seventh, yeah. Uh, and once they had repelled the invasion of Hamas and once they had fortified their defense and, and once uh, they had a sense of, of security from that invasion, I would have thought the thing to do is just take a pause and mourn the death of the people who were slaughtered, not create more deaths. Right. And. Now remember Bush climbed on the wreck the wreckage. Yes. At at, at uh, the twin towers. Yes. There, uh, the people who did this, we got to get them. We we're, we're gonna pay them back. They're gonna be sorry they did it. That's so that was that was you know and and the problem with that and the problem with what's happening appears to be happening in uh in 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 Israel and and with Gaza is that. It's, you, you, the people that did it, um, of course, ended up paying for it, but so did literally hundreds of thousands of innocent Iraqi. Because we, we we went in there and we just tore that place apart. Yeah, man, it's, it's still depressing. And again, I look where this country is right now. It's so divided. And a lot of it, you know... <clears throat> A lot of, and this gets, uh, now we're going to move into the issue of uh, who bombed the hospital uh, in Gaza. And there was so much lying and deceit and underhand play by uh, the American government to whip up support uh, for the invasion of Iraq, starting with the weapons of mass destruction, uh, 
and uh, the notion that uh, oh, thank you. the yellow something I forgot what it was something. Yellow cake, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so it's so much deceit and lying manipulation. So already after Vietnam and Watergate and Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, there <laughs> Americans had how do I put this as euphemistically? I can't stop believing uh, to a large degree in whatever their government said automatically. There was just already like the um, the emergence of just complete disbelief for, well, if you were a person on the left, you'd never believe anything someone on the right said. And if you're a person on the right, you never believe anything anybody on the left said. And actually, if, if li liberals were being honest, they would admit that their liberal heroes lied. And if Republicans, righties were being honest, they would admit that their leaders had lied. We now have not reached that part yet in this country's development, Monroe. But the point is that uh, all the lying that took place at 9-11 just exacerbated that. And now we have a situation in our country where it's like, what? It, you know, here we're going to have our famous debate. I say it's 40% of America. Monroe says it's 35%, whatever. Uh, it just follows Trump wherever he goes and doesn't believe anything, <laughs> anything that's said about him. Um, because they just, you know, it's uh, a cult. Yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah. And I think that in part, that's a result of all the lying that went down uh, in uh, with 9-11. I believe we play, pay a psychic price uh, for lying and, and deceit. That's my thoughts on the subject. Your thoughts? Uh, well, it's not. LBJ lied about the um, Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, this this isn't anything new. It, it lying to the people about what's going on. That uh, that's part of the political manipulation that goes on. Yeah. So, uh, but it's you know it's one thing if um, you're being lied to and and that's what you want to happen, but then it's horrible when you're being lied to and you don't want that to happen. That's what happens through American history. It's, it's, it depends on who's doing the lying and for what reason. Yeah, that's about that's a that's a, actually a very good distinction there. I mean, there is so much lying in, my, in our lifetime, in our shared lifetime. We're about the same age. Uh, the, the the lies uh, that uh, were used to justify uh, our war in Vietnam were exposed by Daniel Ellsberg. We released the Pentagon Papers, uh, and the government's reaction was to throw him. Uh, to to uh, persecute him right. and denounce him, right? <laughs> and what what I'm saying is that um, I believe there has been a change. Yes, you're correct when you point out the government in our lifetime has always lied, but I believe there's been a change uh, on the part of the citizenry. I, I believe when we were younger, there was a tendency uh, for uh, the general public to believe what their government said. And I definitely don't think that's the case right now. Yeah, it's not. It's not age connected. It's that the uh, the media got more aggressive about that. You know, I can remember when I when I moved here in '72, whatever the police said was the Bible. It was, it was scripture. And then you had um, the the murder of Fred Hampton, 
in 69, which, which was like, just, it was no question about it. They assassinated or murdered him in his sleep. And I mean, it, and it was proven. And so at that point, the newspapers quit reporting things cops said as the absolute truth. They start saying police, <laughs> or according to police, you know, they started using that term instead. Well, I, I, I'll push back with a little bit, but yeah, I was thinking about uh, Fred Hampton. Yeah. I, I had to do a story uh, for a reader, and I, I touched on the Fred Hampton's uh, murder, uh, and I was talking about uh, William O'Neill, who was the informant working for the FBI that provided yeah. the FBI with the layout of the apartment over on Monroe and Western, where uh, Fred Hampton was sleeping, and according to the FBI, drugged uh Right. And right. William O'Neill denied that he drugged him. Uh, but uh, I was uh, I was uh, thinking of all the lying that went on uh, then. But that was still, uh, by the way, I'm Chicago Tribune. You absolutely. Your coverage of Fred Hampton is still. As, oh, Bob, I, you know, Bob Wiedrich going uh, to, to nail holes. This is a, 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 and and claiming that those were bullet holes. Bullet holes, yeah. man! It was just an absolute disgrace. Uh, the, the man was shot while he was sleeping, drugged, and the and the the, the line put up at the Tribune was, "Oh, he was." The police were defending themselves from an onslaught of bullets, right? Uh, from inside the apartment. Anyway, um, uh, the the point I was making is that uh, I think the the knee jerk, um, what tendency to, to believe what the police uh, say about something was still around in 2014 when Laquan McDonald was shot. If you recall, uh, for the longest time, uh, the, the official rendition, your, and your point is well taken, they said, according to police, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, so I guess you're saying that's progress. That's your point you were making, right? Right, that, right. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, they still, the thing is, cops get a break because they have some of the best public relations that you could ever ask for in this country. I mean, think of how many police shows there have been, there are, and they will be, where you get to see cops as human beings, you get to see cops as victimized. I mean, it's like, and, and, but they're almost always he heroes, except for the bad apples. And they're few in the barrel that you get to see. And so, and people watch that stuff. I mean, they, they're, they're really popular shows and they watch it. And so that's who, whoever their favorite cop is on, on their favorite TV show, they think that all police are like that. And well, first of all, it's Hollywood, so nobody's like that. But they're, they're, they're good cops and they're bad cops. But um, there's more than one rotten arrow in the, uh, in the barrel. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... Uh, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, and by the way, the police department, I was just talking about this, uh, shout out Joshua. I had breakfast with a friend of mine, Joshua today. And, uh, we were talking about, uh, of course, we're talking about politics and we were, we got on a whole discussion of, uh, the resolution that the city council, uh, passed by voice vote last week, supporting Israel, uh, a topic, uh, that we've discussed, uh, endlessly on the show. Uh, we'll probably continue to, to discuss. I urge everybody to check out the interview I did with the Rosanna Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez, uh, who was the only no vote, the only uh, 
person who actually said I voted no. Everything else was a voice vote. But uh, the Chicago Police Department, in my humble opinion, uh, Monroe, their statement uh, in the aftermath of the uh, terrorist attacks in Israel uh, and then the um, Israel bombing, relentless bombing of Gaza, uh, their their statement. Say what you will, your attitudes about the Fred Hampton murder and the history of the Chicago police. I thought their uh, their statement that they released was more what? Um, uh, it was more compassionate uh, than the one that the city council released. And so I'll just read to you. I have it right here. Uh, the Chicago Police Department mourns for all the innocent victims killed and injured in Israel and Gaza. We also stand with all those affected by this heartbreaking and horrific tragedy, both here in Chicago and across the world. In the face of this horrific situation, we encourage peace and humanity. That was the statement from the Chicago Police Department. Monroe, I would have voted for that if that was a resolution that the city council uh, was uh, positioning. So a little shout out to the Chicago Police Department. I don't know who. The difference between then and now is the police chief is black, the mayor is black, and these two people, individuals, as do most of uh, of black America, have a more sympathetic um, perspective on this stuff instead of just uh, a black and white perspective. It's more nuanced. Yeah. I think Brandon Johnson's election may have had something to do uh, with that police department statement. That said, I'm still giving him credit for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, yeah, you no, they have, no, I mean, they, they made the statement, but uh, that's because he got the right police chief. Yeah. I think. yeah. Now, what if he, he had gotten um, God, McCarthy? And I remember Big Mac. Big, that was the Big Mac. Gary McCarthy uh, was, of course, Mayor Rahm's police chief. Right. Uh, and uh, he, uh, of course, ran for mayor uh, in 2000. People forget that Big Mac ran in 2019. Right. Uh, he was a, a supporter of Paul Vallis uh, in the 2023 mayoral election. And for a while, uh, I was hearing rumors that if Vallis were victorious, uh, that Big Mac would be coming back as police chief. I, this is what political know-it-alls right? oh, but here's what's going you know, you know here's what's happening behind the scenes and uh so they used to tell me he was going to be in charge of the police department and joyce kenner uh the former principal at whitney young was going to be in charge of the schools that was what i the, the insiders were telling me at the right. time so uh, we won't know because paul vallis uh was defeated. No thanks to uh, Monroe's neighbors in Lincoln Park. All right. Uh, and, sorry, Monroe. I didn't do so there. Um, all right. So with uh, uh, the war in uh, Gaza, with the bombing in Gaza, with the terrorism in Israel, etc., and so forth, uh, we're now having a free speech debate in this country, uh, and our country is very peculiar when it comes uh, to matters of free speech. Uh, there, for the last ten years or so. Uh, there has been a declaration of a principle of appreciation for freedom of expression from people generally conservative. Uh, this was just like the cornerstone in many ways of the MAGA movement. We believe in free speech, 
Uh, we believe that parents should be have the right to get up a school board meeting and say whatever they want. We believe that right-wing uh, public speakers should go on a college campus and say anything they want, uh, inflammatory if it is, uh, about, I don't know, trans people, gay people, obese people, black, black people, people you know, uh, especially black people. All right. We believe that that's a fundamental cornerstone of free speech. And anyone who disagreed with them, they called a snowflake. They said they were too woke for their own good. Right, Monroe? You would listen to this debate. Well, he, 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 I thought with them over uh, uh, on Facebook over it. And the thing, the, the important thing about that is they don't understand the First Amendment. It's 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 for the government. You can't say that the you, the government can't shut you up. They have to permit you to give you a point of view. But if you work for, uh, say, the Ben Jarosky podcast <laughs> show, you know, Chris says the wrong thing and he's out of there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and like what Chris says, <laughs> no more petty cash for him. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I hope Chris is laughing at that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, you. It only applies to government. Anybody else yeah, um, that you work for or work with or anything, you do. You you don't have freedom of speech. There can be consequences. You can be fired. Yeah. Uh, you might be smacked in the mouth if you say the wrong thing. You know, I mean, it's 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 only for the government. Okay, now you're talking about like as though you were a law professor, uh, and uh, yes, you're absolutely correct in what you're saying. But the way this debate uh, has been shaped, right. successfully, I would say, successfully right. by the right because they've right. gaslit the left, right? Uh, who is is usually clueless uh, in battles with the right like this. Uh, they've successfully gaslit. Uh, the left. They've gaslit so many liberals. Like you have people in the city of Chicago who are afraid of busloads of immigrants because they've been gaslit by Trump. So the right has been successful on many fronts. And one front they've been as successful as uh, is this whole concept of freedom of expression, where somehow or other, even though you're absolutely correct, it's this is not what the First Amendment is about. Uh, the right has uh, gotten even some liberals to think like there's a, a constitutionally protected right to say whatever you want. Uh, whenever you want it without consequence. So you can't even be kicked off of Twitter. Uh, and uh, about, uh, what was it, in 2014, the University of Chicago leading the way. Again, this was before MAGA, but this is when this was a conservative. The University of Chicago, as we all know, is a very conservative uh, institution. Uh, it believes in free markets. <laughs> I always laugh. Uh, but they always got their paw out for a tiff. Isn't that interesting, Monroe? <laughs> they believe in free markets. <laughs> Yeah, when somebody it's free when someone else is paying for it. Uh, uh, anyway, they came out with uh, a uh, committee on freedom of expression at the University of Chicago, and they said they were just going to tolerate free, robust, and uninhibited, uninhibited debate and del deliberation among all members of the university community. It was a proclamation about uh, how there would be freedom of in inquiry at the university. Uh, it's their sacred inheritance. Uh, the education could not be intended to make people comfortable. It is meant to make them think. 
The university should be expected to provide the conditions with which hard thought and therefore strong disagreement, independent judgment, and the questioning of stubborn assumptions can flourish in the environment of the greatest freedom. There, here. And universities throughout the land like either adopted their own uh, expressions of freedom of speech uh, or uh, just literally copied the University of Chicago's. Uh, and now here we are in the midst of a very ugly and uh, borderline violent debate over uh, Israel's war in Gaza and um, on universities throughout the, the land. Um, there's all kinds of students and all kinds of professors denouncing Israel in the strongest uh, way possible, uh, bordering, I would say, on uh, anti-Jewish rhetoric. Uh, and it's the right, Monroe. It's Fox TV. It's it's conservatives who are suddenly saying, you know, professors should should not keep their jobs uh, if they offend students. Uh, that the university should support uh, Jewish students who feel as though they're being intimidated and threatened by the speech of uh, supporters of Palestine, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and they just flipped it upside down. So once again, Monroe, there are no principles in the yeah. United States. No principles. You know, and, and of course, I'm sure you know that the whole free speech movement started at berkeley yeah completely yeah. different right right completely different yeah, circumstances there was no such thing as free speech in america except if you could beat the government on it there was no no free speech no free speech was for people who owned the newspaper exactly. then you're free you right. you own a newspaper you can say what you want right, exactly uh, uh but listen, man, I know this rhetoric is ugly, and I know this rhetoric is hateful, and I know uh, that a lot of people are hurt. But it was the same way when uh, MAGA types were denouncing trans people right. or MAGA types were den denouncing gays or black people who felt oh, free to say whatever they wanted. That, right. that was hurting people then, too. Why no, is their hurt not valuable? What the, this is what the book ban is all about. Yes. You know, they, they want the books that tell the people what they want the people to think, not what somebody else. And so, I mean, this is what's so hypocritical about this whole thing is that, okay, if I believe it, then it's fine for you and everybody else. In fact, you should be allowed to, to do it. But if I don't believe it, then uh, what you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. the guy, uh, the, the, the TV where the character. Yeah, goes. I know. I know yeah, you. Were, you you went back in time to. Yeah. Uh, uh, I forget his name. Yeah. Willis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That's the second time in one day that I've invoked uh, uh, sitcom people. Today, when at breakfast, we we went back in time for Family. Remember Family Matters? You probably weren't watching TV in the nineties. No, you had kids. They yeah. probably watch it with Urkel. Watching some of yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Urkel. I, and, I, 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 I was watching Miami Vice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see Cobb so much. Me and Monroe uh, were dreaming that we were like uh, Crockett. What's the other guy's name? And uh, I forget Funny. the names. The, the two guys. Um, 
Anyway, uh, listen, man, there is so much hateful stuff going out there. Uh, Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez shared with me uh, absolutely despicable uh, email she got from anonymously. And it's just so I, I won't read it because it's just so filled with uh, hate and violence. And, uh, I, I from 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 being a columnist at the Tribune, mm-hmm. I have a whole binder full of hateful mail. Yeah. Uh, really nasty mail. What uh, when I wrote, I wrote a column predicting that the next mayor of Chicago would be black. This is in '82, mm-hmm. and I, I spelled out why very carefully, and it, it actually came to be, obviously. Uh, but anyway, I got a somebody mail me my column back, and with a black marker. Just wrote bullshit across <laughs> it. Uh, uh, well, that's actually kind of uh, mild, you know. They that that. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! That reminds me, a friend of mine once wrote. Uh, he was responding to Mike Royko, the legendary columnist in Chicago, uh, and he didn't agree with something that Royko um, <laughs> wrote. Uh, and uh, so he wrote this, I thought it was a pretty thoughtful response, a letter to Mike Royko along the lines of, well, you're always my hero. I love you dearly, but blah, 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 blah. Uh, and Royko took that letter that my friend wrote to him, uh, scribbled on the letter, on the corner of the letter, uh, two words, fuck off, put it in an envelope and mailed it back to my friend. Yeah. That was his response. Right. My friend framed it and put it on his wall. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Free speech. Anyway, I don't know. When I'm just saying uh, conservative America. I know MAGA is just using the whole issue as a um, an excuse, uh, as a tool and a tactic to pummel people and to pretend like there's something virtuous about what they're doing. But the University of Chicago, Purdue, all you universities that signed on in 2014, 2015 to this declaration uh, of freedom and expression, I don't know. You might want to reconsider it, okay? You know, you might want to apply it evenly across the board to absolutely everybody, trans people included. All right, Monroe, we're going to close. Uh, we even talked at all about Trump or Congress. I guess there's so much else going on in the world. Well, speaking of free speech, Trump just got gagged. Yes. <laughs> Bear, I mean, come on. I'm I'm sorry. I don't consider that a gag. Bobby Seals, we're going to go back to Chicago. That's yeah. gagged. Yeah, this is true, right. They, well, that- they, they don't gag like to. they used to. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> oh my lord, that's a gagging. Okay, uh, damn, Just that happened in our lifetime, Monroe. Right. First, they killed Fred Hampton while he was sleeping, and then lied about it for years and years and years, uh, and then they bound and uh, gagged uh, Bobby Seale. Uh, but all right, so Donald Trump feels like he has the right to say whatever he wants about prosecutors, judges, potential witnesses, potential jurors uh, in the various cases against him. Uh, And Judge Tanya Chutkin said, no way, we're going to limit what you can say. Uh, I thought she was pretty fair to him, actually, to be honest with you. Right, exactly. Now, she's she's handling him as kid-glovish as she can. 
Uh, she, yeah, but she's also a, a, a tough judge. So, I mean, if if that had been you or me who did that, we we'd be in jail right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Some lefties I know are so mad at uh, Biden for going to Israel. They go, Trump, Trump's going to win. I'm like, are you going to vote for him over this? Right. I mean, you know, I mean, I got news for you. Trump's position in the Middle East in terms of allowing Israel to do whatever it wants. Is it worse than Biden's? It's the same. The, the level he, of rhetoric he, he is has not been pro-Israel. I mean, he he's he talks it, but he has his policy haven't been that great. Well, he claimed he was the greatest president Israel ever had, the greatest friend. And then yeah, the greatest president. He, like he moved. We moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Yeah. I I looked the other way while you you know do whatever you want. I mean, that's what he said. I'm just telling you what the man said. I know. You know. But he, uh, you know, he says he's the best president of black folks has ever had. Yeah, that's true. He's the greatest yeah, right. <laughs> since and, uh, Lincoln. Since right. Lincoln. Right, exactly. And um, I I don't know everything, but I know that's not true. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the uh, Republicans are incapable of uh, settling on a speaker. Monroe, right before we went on the air, uh, Jim George of Ohio uh, could only muster 199 votes, I think it was. Uh, and I think you need 217. But he he lost a couple. Yeah, he lost a couple. <laughs> He's going back. <laughs> He's yeah, backwards. Uh, he was not. They're trying to work out a, a, a an agreement where the the um, temporary speaker. I think his name is Murphy. But anyway, where they McHenry. Job. Huh? McHenry. McHenry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know it's him. Yeah, but anyway, they got. Uh, they're trying to give him the job. They're trying to figure out how they can give it to him because he's conservative, but he's not crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, this is what we've 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 stooped to in this country. Yeah, I um, I don't know how they're getting out of way out of this without cutting a deal with the Dems. No, they no, talk no, about that forever. They got to cut a deal with the Dems. I don't know how they're getting out of this. Cut the deal with the Dems. That's why they, you know, he's acceptable to the Dems. In, in other words, enough Dems to put him over the top. Yeah. The problem is, it's it's the problem is like if he wins Democratic supports, that'll turn off some of the wackier MAGA types uh, yeah. because anything anybody who gets a Democratic support automatically must be bad. Right. Uh, in, but, in their world. The thing is, if if this happens, what the Dems are going to do. Mm -hmm. is, is erase that stupid um, clause that that um, the Republicans have that if you if if, if uh, one mm -hmm. person can 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 call you up for yeah. it, it used to be it was more than that I can't remember the number but uh, it's only been of late that the Republicans have put that in and so part of part of the deal that the Dems would do would be to, to say no 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 no. We're not going to make it so the uh, the crazies can can just get you out of office because you're not crazy enough for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Uh, I think, you know, I, I actually do believe that rule should go. 
and uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, probably rues the day that he ever he agreed to that, right? Uh, and that led to his ouster, right? Uh, and so far, I'm impressed. I'll close with this: with how Akeem Jeffries, the leader of the the Democrats in the House, has been holding his caucus together, uh, and that is a diverse caucus. Oh yeah, uh, on many many issues. Uh, and he's hold, held them together, vote after vote. He's got more votes than um, J- Jordan. Yeah, he did. He, yeah. he he beat Jordan. He got every Democrat to vote for him. Right. Uh, and uh, if they could only uh, get do a plurality, he'd be the speaker. <laughs> well, if it was if we had a speaker election like we elect presidents, the electoral college would probably go to yeah. Akeem Jeffries, and he'd be the speaker. Right. <laughs> Republicans, you and your electoral college. Uh, all right. Monroe, we'll probably be talking about the same stuff next week. Uh, and uh, I hope Joe Biden, uh, if if what you're saying is true and that behind the scenes, he's imploring uh, Netanyahu, Netanyahu not to invade uh, Gaza and to have like a, a, like a ceasefire. I hope he is successful in that. Right, and the important thing that Biden also is pushing uh, to Israel is okay. So you go in there and you and you get rid of Hamas. What are you going to do with Gaza? Then are you going to occupy it? Are you you going to run it, or what are you going to rebuild it? What are you going to do? Uh, what's your exit strategy? I don't even know if he's getting there. Uh, you know what? I mean, he may say, who knows? This is you. I think this is more you hoping on what he's saying. Oh, than, no. When you say stuff like this, I think it, this is more what Monroe would be saying if he were in that room with Netanyahu. I don't know if Biden's saying no, it. No, Biden is saying it. I'm telling you, there are leaks. He said okay. He said it. The, the, the leaks aren't attributed to him, but that's where they're coming from. All right, fair enough. Joe Biden, I hope you have the power and persuasion are getting that. Uh, uh, yeah, see, you've been, you, 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 you've been underestimating Joe for three <laughs> years now. When will you learn? The man is a master, no, a master politician. He, he just is not as um, left as you want him to be. But no. Uh, this is what helps make him a master. Yeah. No, he, he recognizes, and I think you do too, that if uh, ch- chances are, if if there's a position that I'm uh, pushing, it will go nowhere with the American. Right. Just right. we'll close where we began, like spending economic development dollars that are intended to help poor people in poor neighborhoods as opposed to spending them in rich neighborhoods like we do in Chicago. Right. I believe right. in the first part. And of course, yeah, the city no, of Chicago goes, no, no, we can't do that, Ben. Come right. on. I know. I know. Uh, choir boys never win. <laughs> it's choir boy. <laughs> choir boy. That's me, the choir boy. Uh, all right, Monroe, uh, thank you very much. I know you got a lot on your plate you got to do, so I'm going to let you go to go do it. And uh, th- thanks for being on the show. And, and yeah, uh, you already said it once. I'll say it again. Hey, producer Chris, great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash, no matter what your views on any political oh, oh, issue oh. are. <laughs> Free expression on the Ben Jarofsky Show, all right? All right, everybody. Take care. Peace and love. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Betty J bonus interviews, and a whole lot more, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben Jarofsky on Instagram at Benny J Show. 
and like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.